0: Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. Well, it's the day after Christmas, and it's a challenge to know what to speak on. Do you, do you speak on Christmas though it's past, or do you speak on New Year's though it's a week away? What I thought I would do is that at Christmas we we speak on Jesus as a baby. So I thought I would talk about Jesus as a young boy growing up. Uh, today, as we come to our passage, he's 12 years old. So come with me to Luke chapter 2. It's a convoy. It's not trucks or cars or trailers, but it's a convoy of, of donkeys and carts and people on foot. That's the way people would have traveled to the festival of the Passover in the time of Jesus. They were traveling from the small village of Nazareth to the big city of Jerusalem, and it was required by Jewish law that everyone, especially males, and especially when they reached the age of manhood, 12 years old, would attend the festival. So it was natural for Joseph, Jesus' stepfather, to go. But Joseph and Mary, being a devout couple, both made the journey to Nazareth, to Jerusalem. And in this convoy were were their next-door neighbors and some family members, hometown friends. Some of Jesus' school buddies would have been there. Jesus' earthly grandparents may have been part of that large caravan as well. Well, this year was a special year because well, Jesus was 12 years old, it was the year of what we would now call uh, Bar Mitzvah. Uh, This is where uh, he became a son of the covenant and took on the responsibilities of keeping the law This is the year that he would be recognized as a man. Well, the Passover festival was the introduction of Jesus into his new station of life. He was starting to see the the privileges and responsibilities of of being a man and keeping keeping the law. But 12-year-olds, well, they're 12-year-olds. No matter if the law says they're approaching manhood, Luke still calls him a boy. So Jesus and his parents went up to Jerusalem. They celebrated the Passover. As far as we know, everything went as it should. The a good celebration. Heard a, a news story a few years back of, of, in the pre-Christmas rush, after the doors of the stores in the mall had closed, There was a a toddler found wandering around the mall just checking things out. Um, They finally tracked down the parents. The mother thought the father had them. The father thought the mother had them. And meanwhile the the toddler's just touring taking in the sights. Something like that probably happened to Jesus. Um, Jesus' parents. When, When the convoy pulled out for Jerusalem on its way home It would have traveled in two parts. The the woman would leave earlier, uh, and they would travel at a more leisurely pace. The man would leave later and travel a bit quicker. Uh, There would be a designated camping spot where they would meet up that first night and stop for the night. Jesus, being 12 years old, he could travel with either the uh, men or the women. So Mary probably thought, well, he's with Joseph. And Joseph probably thought, well, he's with Mary. Both thought that they were with friends and relatives. Now, when Mary and Joseph got to their designated camping spot, they asked each other, So, where's Jesus? I thought he was with you. No, I I thought he was with you. And the panic starts. They were now a day's journey away from Jerusalem. The roads were not safe to travel at night. So they had to sleep, or at least try to sleep, Before they made that day journey back, just because you are the parents of the Son of God, just because he has been announced by angels and worshiped by wise men, does not mean that you are immune to worship or worry. So the next day they travel back to Jerusalem. But locating Jesus in Jerusalem is not easy. Think about Maple Fest in Perth. Then quadruple that, and then think about finding a 12-year-old boy who you haven't seen in a couple of days. A lot of people, a lot of space, small boy, alone. One of the, one of the good news stories of this past year was uh, Jude Layton. He's a three-year-old boy who went missing in the bush in the Westport area in late March. He was found alive and well. Three days later, the grandfather was quoted as saying, the past few days have been a traumatic experience for the entire family. Yeah, no kidding, right? Um, Talk about anxious moments for the parents. That Sunday night was cold, the Monday night was cold, and you knew your little one was outside, you... You hope that they were okay, but you're wondering how could they be okay? You're afraid. That's the definition of major stress. Raging fear. It's the parents' worst nightmare. Jesus, like baby Jude, had been gone one day, two days, three days. You can only imagine what Mary and Joseph are going through. What's going on in their mind? Have slave traders got him? Did he run into a a Roman soldier who was having a bad day? Or has a mean streak? How's he been able to eat? In verse 48, Mary uses the word anxious. It's it's the same uh, word used for suffering in hell in Luke chapter 16. That's what Mary and Joseph felt. Verse 46, after three days they, Mary and Joseph, found him in the temple courts sitting amongst the teachers, listening to them, asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. They located Jesus. He was in the temple. He was sitting in the classes and engaging in both questions and answers. There's not much said about Jesus' childhood in Scripture. In fact, the the passage that we have here is the only thing that we're told about uh, Jesus' growing up years. We're told of his birth, and we're told about the time of his ministry when he was approximately 30 years old. Yet, these years were years of preparation. Jesus prepared for 30 years to minister for three and a half years. But the three and a half years accomplished more than anyone would in 30 years. There's a correlation there. I knew at a very young age that God had called me to to be a pastor. It was not something I could point back to and say it happened at this time or this place. It was just something that I I knew that that's what God had called me to be. And uh, in my youth, I was arrogant. I thought, who needs preparation? You know, I shouldn't have to go to school to be a minister. I, 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 if God called me to preach, I should be able to just go and preach. I should just be out there doing that. I looked uh, ahead, and I was complaining to this wise old minister. And he told me, Grant, a call to ministry is a call to prepare. It always struck me because it is truth. It's a life truth. It was not like, I was not like Jesus, patient. I knew I was headed towards ministry, so, so I did the five years of high school at that time, and four, I fast-tracked uh, the ministerial courses. Instead of doing a seven-year course, I, I did a, a five-year course. I wasn't long in ministry, though, until I knew that I needed more training. Uh, First 10 years of ministry, I was over my head most of the time. call to ministry is a call to prepare. Jesus knew that, and so he spent 30 years in an obscure place. It's not only true of ministry, is it? It's true of life. I'm not talking about schooling. Every stage of life seems to require some preparation. It seems that in the world we live in, we're always in the process of change, or we're preparing to change. Sometimes it feels like all we're doing is preparing for the next change, you know, upgrading our skills for a new job working on a relationship, preparing for marriage, getting things prepared for a new baby, getting set for another job, preparing to have empty nest, preparing for retirement, preparing for transitions in retirement. If you're not preparing for what comes next, you're probably helping someone else to prepare for what comes next. There are some of you who are going through a time of preparation, and in this in between times, kind of tempted towards discouragement. Feels like life is kind of on hold. COVID isn't helping any. Jesus took his time to prepare for his life works. Necessary for us as well. That, of course, doesn't mean that you stop living during this preparation, it doesn't mean that your life is on hold. Each day you have is a precious gift. What it does mean is that patience in preparation is prudent. Because of preparation to come all of us, um, comes to all of us, let's look at the principles in Scripture. Luke chapter 2, verse 40. It says, And the child Jesus grew and became strong, and was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And then skip down to verse 52. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God, and man. The Bible says Jesus was filled with wisdom. But then it goes on to say that he grew in wisdom. Now as you read the New Testament, you'll understand that Jesus was not an intellectual slouch. We're quick to think, oh well, he had all the answers because of course he was divine. We tend to believe that since God is omniscient and he knows everything that, that Jesus was like that. But that's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that he emptied himself. He didn't take and take hold of the advantages that, that God had offered. He emptied himself. What he does, though, is he displays gifts of the Spirit. Like the gift of knowledge when he told Peter to go fish and take the coin that was in the fish mouth and go pay the taxes. He displayed wisdom and knowledge when he talked about what was going on inside of people's hearts. There was other times where he was obviously limited in his knowledge. Who touched me, he said, when the woman touched him to be healed. The point is that Jesus had to go through this learning process. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews he learned obedience. In these years of preparation, the Bible says he grew in wisdom. As we look at his life, we, we see Jesus spoke Aramaic because, well, that was the common language of the Jewish leaders at the time. He also quotes scripture, and it's obvious that he is familiar with Hebrew and speaks Hebrew. There's sometimes when he quotes directly from the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible, and to be able to talk to the Roman centurion or Pilate. He would have had to speak Greek. We know from his teaching that he had a a broad grasp of Scripture. He quotes from almost every book in the Old Testament. And he committed these passages to memory. Those passages would have been studied in synagogue school. The Bible says that he was filled with wisdom, but then he grew in wisdom. When you were born, God gave you a set of skills and talents uh, and passions, which over time you can uh, develop into skills that you can use and enthusiasms for hobbies and things like that. When you were born again, you were given a spiritual gift or more than one spiritual gift. And you can develop that alongside of your talents and your passions to produce spiritual fruit. But here's the thing, you may be a talented hockey player or a gifted cook, but you will accomplish little unless you work at developing your talent. That's true of being a dentist or a carpenter or a business person or a mother, true of being a teacher or a preacher or an evangelist, true of prayer, faith, love, goodness, kindness. God may fill you up with these gifts and talents, but it's up to you to follow the path of Jesus and develop them, prepare to use them. Let me remind you that, that Jesus grew up in Nazareth, it's a little backwater town in an unremarkable area of Galilee. When Nathaniel heard Jesus came from, from Nazareth, he said, Can any good thing come from there? It wasn't the center of learning, and yet Jesus grew in wisdom. It wasn't the center of athleticism like Olympia in Greece, but Jesus grew in stature. It wasn't the center of spirituality, like Jerusalem, but Jesus grew in favor with God, wasn't the center of society like Rome, but Jesus grew in favor with people. Verse 52, "And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. You may wish you were in some other place, in some other circumstances. Maybe you wish you could go back to school. Maybe you wish that you were younger so you could learn more. Maybe you wish that you were in a different location. If only you were in Toronto, you could. Or only if I lived in Chicago or London, I could. But I want you to know that most often, it's not our location that holds us back into developing into the people that God has called us to be. It's not usually our circumstances that hold us back. It's more likely our choices in day to day life. All of you have been given a talent, some as parents, some as grandparents, some as genuine friends, some as helpers, some as writers, some as evangelists, as prayer warriors. And the choices you make choose. Determine whether you grow in wisdom, favor with God and people. I often run into people who say, "I feel like my life is on hold. I feel like I'm not going anywhere fast. I'm, I'm in school, or I'm unemployed, or I'm this job is just a stepping stone. I'm waiting for my big break. I'm single. I'm in a difficult marriage. I feel like I'm on hold." I sometimes run into retired people who think that they have nothing to offer. And they're just waiting. That's not true. It is true that what you have to offer now may be different than what you had to offer before. Things shift with the shift in mobility and energy. But just because you can't do what you could do before does not mean that there is nothing that you can do. The fact that you're alive says that God has something for you. So let's look back at our scripture. Mary and Joseph locate Jesus at the temple. And as with all good uh, mothers who find their child, and after a long, nervous anxiety, Mary says, uh, starts to school Jesus. Verse 48 says, When his parents saw him, They were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked, didn't you know I'd be be in my father's house? Note the change in the word father in these two verses. Mary refers to Jesus' father as Joseph. Jesus refers to his father as God. There's this unusual. Uh, this was unusual in this time in uh, Jewish history. We often pray the Lord's Prayer that says, "Our Father, which art in heaven." The idea of calling God our Father seems common to us. It was not common at the time of Jesus. Yet, yet Jesus, at 12 years old, refers to God as his father. Jesus understood that he was special. He knew that. He was more than just a a human boy, but he understood that there was something different about him. As Philippians says, the fullness of God dwelt in him in bodily form. In this 12-year-old kid was the hope of humanity, the ancient of days. It was the Alpha and the Omega. He was not only 12 years old, he was fully God and fully human. God who by his own choices had limited himself in time and space and age. So bring this idea of of the kid who was fully God with you to verse 51. It says, then he went down to Nazareth with them and he was obedient to them but his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Here you have the God of the ages being obedient to his parents. Doesn't that strike you as a little odd? Mary and Joseph were telling God what to do, and he was doing it. Sometimes preparation is like that, isn't it? Sometimes you will be required to spend your, t- your time under people who really should be under you. Sometimes you will be required to do meaningful tasks. Can you imagine the God of the universe doing dishes? But all, that thing, all those things were part of the development of who he was. Those kind of things are part of the development of who you are. During this time of life, he's in this obscure place. Jesus grew from a boy to a teenager to a man, aware that he is uniquely the Son of God, yet aware that waiting and growing and learning and serving were the role that he was to live out. And in this obscure place, among friends and among neighbors, the Bible records, Verse 52, and Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature in favor with God and man. grew in wisdom. He grew intellectually. He, he would not only, he, he would have gone to synagogue school and he would have studied the writings of the prophets and Moses and the Psalms. He would have spent time memorizing those scrolls. But by the time he was a teenager, he would have been part of the carpentry shop. There he would have learned about business. He would have talked to the trade, traders and learn the languages. Jesus grew intellectually. So you are gifted intellectually. Follow Jesus' example and, and grow your mind. But all of us have an intellect, whether we're gifted or not, and, and I hope that in uh, 2022 that your intellect will grow. Jesus grew in stature. That means he grew physically. Scripture mentioned this because, well, it's important. Health is a good thing. i urge in 2022 to take care of your health. Jesus grew in favor with God, talking about spirituality. Jesus' prayer life was developed before his ministry began. Jesus' holy character was developed before that first miracle in Cana. Jesus' intimacy with God was part of the developmental process. You too are called to grow spiritually in 2022. I trust that you will be closer to God at this time next year than you are now. Jesus grew in favor with people. He grew socially. This view is consistent with other scriptures, but this view is also often underestimated or underemphasized. We're familiar with uh, Jesus who was despised and rejected. We're familiar with the Jesus who was scorned and ridiculed. We're not so familiar with the Jesus who knew how to talk to his neighbors and his friends. And, but this is what the verse is talking about. He grew up to be appreciated among some of his friends and relatives. We live in changing times. And we're moving on to the next stage in life. Part of living is preparing. Moving into 2022. Part of living is preparing. Growing in wisdom. Growing in stature. Favor with God. Favor with people. My prayer is that you will find grace as you move into this new year that you will know that God is with you and that you will sense that he is growing you. My prayer is that we would become a people who are very well-rounded and very well-discipled, so that we can be a people who grow together well. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, in this time, we give thanks. Thank you for your example, how you grew. Help us to grow, too. Lord for those who feel hopeless or too old to learn or to grow I pray Lord that you'd speak them right to them right now and let them know that you have them and you want them to grow For those who who feel like their life is on hold I'm praying Lord that you would let them know that you're there and you're calling them to grow as well Lord in when people feel obscure not noticed i pray lord that you would help them to grow and prepare for what you have them to do i pray this in jesus name amen thanks for joining us this week on asbury free methodist broadcast make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show if you'd like this broadcast you might want to check out our facebook page asbury free methodist church until next week